I actually did have some topics lined up to discuss for episode 79, but of course, it all seems a little meaningless or even irrelevant right now because I'm sad. And I bet a lot of people listening are sad. And sometimes you just got to state the obvious. I am sad because a famous basketball player died. And it's not the typical kind of sadness that subsides. I've actually been sad for over a day now. And it's worth exploring the root of it. Because there's a lot of celebrity deaths. And there's a lot of tragedy in the world every single day. But for some reason, I can't shake this feeling, this sickening feeling that has consumed me since I found out the news yesterday that Kobe Bryant died. He was among nine people, along with his 13-year-old daughter, that died in a helicopter crash on Sunday morning. So, when you see a story like that, there is an assortment of reactions. The first is shock for most people. Now, that's obvious. Shocked. But then after the shock, it's interesting to see what emotions come up. Most of the people grieving about this story right now didn't know him at all. But it feels historic. I was not alive when JFK was assassinated. I was not alive when John Lennon was shot and killed. I was not alive when Martin Luther King was shot and killed. And to even make comparisons to MLK or John Lennon or JFK seems a little ridiculous because those were shooters. That's all about gun violence. And then there have been plenty of other suicide deaths in the celebrity world that are very sad. And it makes you discuss the topic of mental health. So you could talk about guns, assassins, or mental health. But a helicopter crash? A senseless helicopter crash? In Calabasas, where you read the story of a pilot, well-respected pilot, on what they were calling a very safe helicopter. I'm not sure what that means. Is trying to clear a hillside in the fog? I don't know. The details, you can only handle so much before you just have to take a step back. At least that was me. I put on the TV coverage and then turned off the TV. I was on Twitter just scrolling and scrolling and then I had to put the phone down. You can only handle so much before you go, oh God, this is a real story. And it evokes something deep inside a lot of people and that's where you have to explore the sadness a little bit. I'm not sure it hit me so hard because I'm a parent now. I'm not sure it hit me so hard because I'm a huge basketball fan. But there were just times where it looks like a made-up headline and it kept looking fake and it didn't set in. Even in the afternoon and the evening and when I went to sleep, I didn't sleep a lot. I kept thinking it wasn't real. Even discussing it right now, it seems overly dramatic because after a day, shouldn't I be able to shake it a little bit? But I don't feel like people are shaking it. I feel like the sadness is going to remain for a long time. I feel like the sports world is just on pause right now, which is weird because this is a big week for sports with the Super Bowl coming up and all the radio stations going out to Radio Row. What, are they really going to discuss a tackle football game? I mean, yes, of course they will, but that's not the big story. Even scrolling on Twitter, the occasional tweet that was not about Kobe, and I realized Twitter is the experience that you personally make based on the people that you follow. And of course, I follow a lot of people connected to the sports world, but occasionally there would be a tweet about Trump or a tweet about the 49ers yesterday. And I was like, what? Who's tweeting anything else but about Kobe Bryant right now? How weird, right? That nothing else seemed to matter to me. Even teaching today, I'm honest with my students. I say, hey, your teacher is sad today. And a few of them were as well. You still go through the motions of whatever responsibilities you have. And there's plenty of angles to it. To know that there were nine total people on this helicopter. And they all have families. It's haunting. It's a grisly death. 
And my brain goes to these ugly areas of actually picturing the last moments and then picturing how his wife found out. And that causes me to just be in my own head. So I've been in my own head. It's not a great place to be. You don't want to just be in your own head while the world is going on around you. But I've been in that state for so long. Just thinking about the nightmare of a life. Kobe's wife, Vanessa, is now going to live. Four daughters? Are you kidding me? I have one daughter. And as the news surfaced yesterday, I was receiving texts from friends like, is it true? Did you hear Kobe? Question mark, exclamation point. And as these texts are coming in, that was actually my breaking news source. Just word of mouth from people. And then I Google it and it says Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. And I just went, nope. Nope. The old deny reality. And then all the misreporting. Journalistically, it was an ugly day. I felt like it was a disgusting day for a few journalists who were racing to get to the story. TMZ reporting the story even before the families found out. What? What world do we live in? I guess a capitalistic world where all these big corporations are going to monetize their products based on clicks and clicks and clicks and everybody turn their head our way because we have the story first and we have the story first and we have the story first. So just seeing the ugliness unfold and unravel on Twitter was just terrible. Some of the reporting was beyond amateur yesterday because I believe most of us can wait for the truth. Isn't that the only thing journalism should be? Presenting the truth, expressing the truth, capturing the truth. So a lot of inaccurate accounts yesterday. But ultimately, the story is true. You know, to step away from the journalistic aspect for a moment, that's a true story. Makes you think, right now in Pittsburgh, there are probably still a lot of people who are sad that Roberto Clemente died in a plane crash when he was 38, my exact age. That's still sad right now, in 2020. So, of course, the Kobe Bryant news is sad right now, but it's going to be sad in 10 years and 20 years. It's just going to keep being sad. It's amazing that these moments of perspective have to be hurled at us through tragedies. How many people yesterday heard the news and then said, okay, I want to hug my kids or hug a loved one or just express how much I love certain people in my life? That's the reaction, right? You hear some awful news and you immediately want to hug a loved one. Just say, hey, you mean the world to me. You are my light. So there's a lot to take from this. How fragile are we? Don't you feel fragile after a story like that? How delicate? This thing is called life. Start wondering about your legacy, living each day with purpose, and the depth of one celebrity death. If you extrapolate those feelings, it became big. It was not just a basketball player dying yesterday. And then it became scary. I don't know why, but as 10 p.m. became 11 p.m., became 1 a.m., became 3 a.m., and I had this awful night of insomnia, I was just like, this is horror movie stuff. This wasn't just like sad tears. This was, I'm scared. I don't know why that reaction came over me. You couldn't get away from it too. TV, radio, phone, phone, TV, radio, TV. Nothing else mattered. The Grammy Awards, that doesn't matter. What are you going to cook for dinner? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Kobe died. And I'm not a Lakers fan. I wasn't like the biggest Kobe fan either. I just liked what he meant to the game. He was a cold-blooded assassin who most opposing fan bases did not like. But he made it fun. I remember watching him progress from a teen, who was like very talented, obviously, to then becoming dominant and then just abusing the Warriors and becoming jealous that he wasn't on the Warriors because the Warriors could have drafted him, but they took Todd Fuller. That's right, Todd Fuller instead of Kobe. That's an interesting choice. And then the Hornets draft him and trade him to the Lakers. 
His entire life is mythical. He really does fit the category of legend, icon, just like Michael Jordan, where you make documentaries and movies. And it sounds like you're describing fiction when you describe Kobe's life. How smart he was, the mental strength. He would just get in people's heads and sit there and stay there, fearless. But a lot of who he was on the court didn't represent him off the court because off the court he was actually a wonderful guy. This sounds baseless, but you just read a lot of the reports about post-retirement and a 41-year-old, a 40-year-old, and that's a young man getting ready for the next chapter of life and hearing that he was going to do big things for girls' basketball. That's admirable, and he actually would have. It wasn't just all talk. After a big-time athlete retires, there's only a few avenues, right? Go into coaching, go into broadcasting, maybe your own business, entrepreneur. Yet he was going to do something that was even above all of that. It just seemed like he was smart enough, already won an Oscar, right, for some animated short, but just like he was smart enough and in tune with his own intentions and intellect and the things that mattered, that he would have been an impactful person. The few interviews I heard yesterday, that was what people were saying. It was like the second chapter of his life was actually going to be more meaningful. Yes, he had a wonderful basketball career, but here was a sharp guy. And ultimately, I don't know when the sadness will subside for me, but I don't know exactly why this specific celebrity death has rocked me a little bit. And the only thing I could think of is because if you're a basketball fan, you watch these guys like three times a week. They're in your living room. They ingratiate themselves into your homes. You hear them interviewed. You see them on the highlights, in commercials, endorsements. It's a long season, 82 games plus the playoffs. They get to the finals. So I feel like I watched hours and hours and hours of Kobe throughout my life. It's not like an actor. Your favorite actor, what? You've seen... One to two of their movies per year. Your favorite recording artist or musician. What? You've listened to four, five, six of their albums. And the music, maybe you listen to a lot. But there's something about an athlete in a long season like that. And if you watch them, you do feel connected. You know, it lends itself to city pride if you're in LA. Athlete worship is a weird thing, isn't it? How many people feel connected to people that they're really not connected to at all? When I was 10 years old, who did I look up to? My teachers? No. Parents? Not exactly. Tim Hardaway? Yeah. Tim freaking Hardaway. Tim Hardaway was more of a role model than anybody in my immediate life. Why? Because he was a good point guard for my Warriors. That's it. So think about what Kobe meant to all these young kids and the young players and all these young athletes that are currently in the league today. The sports world is mourning. And I don't know if it's just the sports world. Maybe it's beyond that. And these feelings will subside. Life goes on. That's what we've learned about every death. But there's a big hole right now. I had a bunch of topics I was going to talk about before this news happened, and I didn't even want to record a podcast, but hey, I'm doing it right now, so I might as well get these thoughts out. Seems like the last time I was even close to feeling this way was when Chris Farley died. But even that, you knew he was a bull in a china shop, living his life in a dangerous way, into drugs, weight issues. So Farley's death was so sad because I loved his movies and he made me laugh, but not entirely surprising. This one is as surprising as it gets, as any death I've ever heard. And I'll even admit, probably sadder yesterday than certain relatives in my family that have passed. I've had plenty of relatives pass away. Didn't react like I reacted when Kobe died yesterday. How could that be? Isn't that bizarre? I say yes. I say yes, it is bizarre. There's also an ugly side to athlete worship. And if you watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix, which I could barely get through and I shouldn't be watching because I immediately 
have the same chilling, grisly feeling come over me of, oh, this is not good to watch. I'm too sensitive for this shit. But they show Aaron Hernandez when he was first arrested for the murders. And they show him coming into the police station and there's Patriots fans in the street cheering for him. We love you, Aaron. We believe you're innocent, Aaron. Who are these morons? Because he catches a football for the New England Patriots? These people felt the need to drive to the police station and cheer for him? These are some of the dumbest people in the world. So athlete worship, it can be very ugly. But when it's all love, it's just, you know, you're a fanatic, you love the team, you love the player, you wear the jersey, makes you happy, you watch him every night, then it's fine. Then there's nothing wrong with it. I have nothing really profound to say about this topic. I just find myself saying the obvious things throughout the day. I go tell my wife, Kobe Bryant is actually dead. As morbid as that sounds, I've just been stating that. Even to my students, I go, I am sad right now. We're still going to do class, but I am sad. I had a couple kids in Kobe jerseys. Thought that was nice, a little tribute. You see a lot of tributes right now going on. I don't even know how they're playing basketball games. Yesterday, the college basketball world didn't stop. The NBA didn't stop. How'd that happen? They're just playing games? Kobe was bigger than life. Kobe Bryant, are you kidding me? I did get up to LA for a few games. There was even one time in 2008, we had credentials. The radio station I was with, they sent us up to cover a Laker game against the Jazz in the playoffs. And I remember going into the arena, going into the locker room and just seeing the guy. And you're like, okay, starstruck. Did not feel that way often with athletes. But Kobe, there was something about him, Elvis-like, where when he entered the court, just 20,000 heads following him. You just felt the energy was following him. And he was totally unfazed. Are you kidding me? If 20,000 people had their attention on me, I'd immediately faint. He's just immediately used to it. I don't know how. As cool, calm, and collected as Mike. And he was definitely a Michael Jordan fan. Obviously. Emulated everything about him. But did it successfully. Isn't that crazy? To try to say, I'm going to be the next. Great. You like, call your shot. I'm going to emulate Michael. And actually do it? Seems kind of crazy. I believe the next podcast I do, we'll get back to it. This isn't for everybody. This one, it's not even for me. Episode 79, I don't even really know what it is. It's just one of those moments where you come into contact with thoughts of your own mortality. And after all the grieving, after all those negative feelings, hopefully you emerge or I emerge with feelings of just pure gratitude, feeling blessed to be here, fortunate, even though not every moment is great, but just, you know, the classic... Try to really appreciate the little moments. I saw somebody tweeted, it is to be celebrated just leaving your house in the morning and coming back at night. Almost like chalking up another day on planet Earth. We're all playing the same game, not knowing when we're going to go. Trying our hardest not to die. We're all playing that game. I know Kobe going in a helicopter for his mode of transportation. Not the safest. And I say that without looking at any statistics. Maybe you could prove to me that actually helicopter travel is very safe, Josh. But it just sounds like if that was my mode of transportation to get anywhere, and I was doing that all the time, I'm not sure I'd feel so safe. But then again, I get into a big metal box and go flying 70 miles per hour down the highway every day. So there's a lot of little things we do where you just go, may we be safe. May the people you love be safe. May your kids be safe. I can't fathom what it must be like to be Vanessa Bryant and hear the story that you'll never see your husband again or your 13-year-old daughter again. Even saying that out loud, 
like the, as the words come out of my mouth, it's like, no, no, you just want to disagree with the reality. And I don't even really know what thoughts and prayers mean. I don't even know what all the cliches are supposed to mean. I just hope that our souls, the energy goes somewhere. I hope it goes somewhere. I hope it's never an end. Eh, except for the bad people. It's okay if it's the end for them. But, you know, guys like Kobe, hope the soul goes on, the impact remains, and the energy just spreads into some other sphere. That's why religion exists, right? To give us kind of some guidelines on what might happen. So we could buy into anything to grasp any story, even though they're all just stories, but any image in our mind of what an afterlife or the next phase could look like. We shall all prance along this mystery together. All right. That'll do it. The next episode, episode 80, we'll get back to probably the normal sound of here we go. But for now, I think this one will be in the book. So I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>